Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. How did you like our episode yesterday about high-fat diet and how to make it work with all the recent updates in our nutrition, scientific research, and practice. Hopefully you got all the details you needed to really master it and get the most benefits out of it. And um, this is actually really related to what we are about to talk in our today's episode. And today we have our food news episode. Basically, I'm bringing to you everything that is important and new in food and nutrition, healthy eating, healthy lifestyle sense. Also a lot of fascinating stuff um, on this episode. First, I want to mention this podcast that I've just finished listening to with Dr. Jason Funk on Drive podcast by another MD, Peter Atia. And um, the main topic of this podcast was diabetes, specifically type 2 diabetes, metabolic syndrome, obesity that is that are highly related to that, um, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, uh, fat around um, our internal organs. Um, and um, on this particular episode, um, Jason Funk and Peter Atia, they were talking a lot about insulin resistance and what it actually is and I probably first time really understood how flawed um, was our understanding before. I never actually thought deeply about insulin resistance. I kind of assumed that it was what it was, what how it was described um, in medical uh, journals. Uh, but uh, on this podcast, they're talking about how insulin resistance is basically uh, about our cells in our body being full of glucose or fuel of any sorts, also fat cells being full um, of fuel. And when cells resist insulin, they don't really resist insulin. They just don't act on the signal that insulin uh, sends trying to tell the cells to take in more glucose, more fuel that people are constantly consuming, and that insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes, diabetes that people accumulate because of their lifestyle. Um, So those diseases are caused by just simply too much fuel, too much eating, and especially too much uh, processed carbohydrates, but mostly just too much food and too little movement and never really um, uh, using that fuel that people are consuming. And the treatment uh, of uh, insulin resistance uh, or hyperinsulinemia is not more insulin uh, as it is treated right now, but actually things like fasting and uh, reducing uh, your carbohydrate intake. And the really cool thing about that, that they mentioned also on the podcast and where we're moving right now with our nutrition health science is that even American Diabetic Association now um, 
confirms that counting your carbohydrates uh, uh, and lowering your carbohydrates, especially if you have problems with your blood sugar, is probably a great idea. They actually didn't have that on their website um, before, like two days ago, something Jason Fung uh, mentions on the podcast, uh, American Diabetic Association, they changed their dietary guidelines, and now they actually recommend you to start uh, well, you I'm, by you, I mean someone who has problems with blood sugar. They recommend, um, but also, of course, a healthy person who cares about their metabolic health for future. So they do recommend to reduce carbohydrates and start counting carbohydrates and start caring about the quality of those carbohydrates that you consume. And so, guys, low-carbohydrate diets uh, and counting your carbohydrates and thinking about the amount of carbohydrates you consume, uh, it's not a fad anymore. It's becoming more and more, you know, scientific facts. When uh, such um, organizations as American Diabetic um, Association, American Heart Association, they start talking about lowering your carbohydrates and um, watching the amount of carbohydrates you eat, it means that you know, that's pretty much uh, a fact right now. Uh, they really change anything uh, if um, if it's a fat or it's something that is not confirmed. So just look into your diet if you're still consuming too many carbohydrates, carbohydrates of their own um, kind, or just uh, overeating all the time. Like overconsumption of fuel or food or energy is just not good for human health. And so you need to be looking at uh, your carbohydrates, at your energy consumption. If you're interested in a healthy body and a long productive life. So um, this is the most uh, important news for today, I think. And uh, again, low carbohydrate diets, uh, keto diets, high fat diets, they're not a fat anymore, guys. And uh, I also want to touch a little bit high fat diet because if you start lowering your carbohydrates, um, you need to go higher on fats because proteins, they're just not a fuel source and consuming too much uh, of protein is not a great idea for health either. Um, so if you're lowering, if you start lowering your carbohydrates, then you need to start eating more healthy fats. That just... Uh, what happens automatically and what happens in your body. When you don't have enough carbohydrates, your body switches to fat. And actually using fat for fuel is what our body is designed to do. Uh, that's why we store fat that well, <laughs> because uh, we, our body knows how to use it for energy. And that is the safest, the cleanest source of energy. But all that being said, um, uh, check out... Uh, the website of American uh, Diabetes Association. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Uh, check out their um, meal suggestions, their uh, food suggestions. Uh, it's not something I would say perfect because they do recommend eating uh, whole grains and beans, but uh, that I totally disagree with. Um, but um, they're moving in the right direction. So they have some they have some amazing meal suggestions, meal plans. Uh, uh, although there is like too much information, too much reading, and uh, it's too scientific and too user unfriendly. But other than that, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> uh, might be interesting for you. Um, so that's what it what. Um, <laughs> That's all about uh, diabetes and low-carb diets and monitoring your blood sugar. 
as um as a part of your healthy lifestyle the next thing that i want to talk about today is our fat cells and in particular why how <laughs> and why we accumulate a certain fat um, specifically where we accumulate fat uh, when we gain fat um, and how it happens and uh, what you might do about it um, so let me find this article well the article the article's title is what happens to the extra calories when you overindulge ever wonder if fat cells just get bigger or if you actually gain more fat cells to find that out, researchers at Mayo Clinic fed 23 lean young men and women 400 to 1,200 extra calories a day uh, by padding their diets with Snicker bars, milkshakes, uh, and Boost Plus drinks. After two months, the volunteers had gained about 8 pounds, but that surplus got stashed, stashed in different dip, depots. Almost all weight gain in the abdominal body fat was an increase in fat cell size, says Michael Jensen, director of the obesity specialty console at the Mayo Clinic. In contrast, when people gained leg fat, they actually gained new fat cells. Um, so the study estimated that when people gained three and a half pounds of new leg fat, they acquired rough, roughly 2.6 billion new fat cells. Um, the participants spent two more months cutting calories and upping their exercise to lose fat, and the result is six to eight pounds disappeared, and everybody lost all or pretty much all of the abdominal, subcutaneous, or visceral fat that they had gained. The only fat that they hadn't yet lost was some of the leg fat that, that they had gained. So we concluded that it's easier to shrink fat cells back down to their original size than to make fat cells go away. Um, are you stuck with those fat cells forever? We don't know whether the new fat cells would have eventually gone away if people had kept off their weight long enough. So basically, the whole study is um, about where we gain weight and how. And... Um, I've been speculating about that based on my personal uh, and professional experience, like where it is the easiest to lose fat, for example. And um, from my experience, uh, and I always tell people, it seems like these days a lot of people have problems with belly fat or fat around uh, internal organs. And I always tell people, once you change your diet and your lifestyle, that is the first fat to go. And that seems to be confirmed confirmed with this study. Um, but the foundation of that is basically when we gain fat around our internal organs and in our belly area, we increase the size of fat cells. And that seems to be the easiest to get rid of. Uh, and also that fat, as I noticed, is the product of too much inflammation, too many carbohydrates and sugars in our diet and poor lifestyle overall, like not sleeping enough, not uh, being hydrated enough. And so when you adjust those things, your uh, lifestyle and you switch to a healthier diet, not even really counting calories, that fat goes away 
first. And that's why when people say there is no such thing as targeted fat loss, I tend to disagree uh, when it comes to belly fat, that you can actually target your belly fat and that fat going to go away faster uh, if you know what to do or basically if you know how to adjust your lifestyle and your um, eating in order to start that process of fat loss. Um, So the takeaway from this study is for you guys, if you're trying to lose belly fat and your problem is that you don't really have any fat anywhere but on your belly, it means that you need to adjust your lifestyle to a less stressful one. Um, Sleep, stress management, uh, you know, drinking enough water. And then also you need to change your nutrition, uh, being the one that produces less inflammation, that uh, is beneficial to your health, that provides all the nutrients that your body needs, and that you eliminate all the toxic um, substances in your diet. So you address all of that, and usually your belly fat melts away pretty damn fast. Um, that's another news, uh, and I'm going to also link the study in the show notes. And talking about fat cells, guys, new study for coffee lovers or someone who is thinking about adding coffee to their diet. So, Coffee can help burn fat, study finds. Drinking coffee can stimulate the body's fat-burning cells, known as brown fat, which can lead to weight loss, according to a study conducted by the University of Nottingham. Until recently, brown fat, also known as brown adipose tissue, was not known to exist in adults, according to the researchers. The fat's main function is to rapidly generate body heat by burning calories. Michael Simons, a professor at the School of Medicine at the University of Nottingham, who co-authored the study, said in a release, uh, the next step is to confirm the component of coffee that is activating these brown fat cells is caffeine. Um, So basically, they know that coffee works, they just don't know what exactly in coffee works, um, that a lot of times, you know, researchers would look at certain foods and conclude that the most active ingredient is the one that causes the result. But sometimes, and very often actually, it's not the case. It's usually um, either something else or something or the whole thing working together. And this is a very smart study because they see that, yeah, coffee works, but what exactly in coffee works? But they might also find out that that's the whole package of coffee, not just caffeine or a particular polyphenol that is coffee is also rich in. So in order to do so, to do that study, the researchers are using caffeine supplements to test whether the effect on brown fat cells is similar to that of coffee. But um, guys, I just want to share my personal experience. Um, um, I'm a coffee drinker. I don't drink a lot, a lot of coffee. Um, but uh, I do drink uh, about uh, 400 milligrams, uh, not like the really strong coffee like Starbucks would make, not. Uh, I brew coffee myself, and um, it's pretty weak compared to something like Starbucks, but I do drink it every day. And I do notice that my hunger is much, much less because of this coffee drinking habit, and that will contribute to fat loss, of course. Uh, But also, I look the leaners after that morning uh, coffee. And I also feel that my body temperature, like I never get cold or even when I'm the leanest, like I just don't. So I don't know what it is, 
<laughs> Why? Because I used to get cold really easy, but now that I drink coffee, I just don't. And um, so that might be truth that it stimulates uh, brown fat that helps uh, my body to generate the temperature that it needs from my own fat, even if I don't have a lot of it uh, on my body. And um, yeah, so drink coffee, it might help you to lose weight, at least it's going to help you with appetite, that I can tell you for sure. And then also I read uh, in a lot of um, blog, blog posts or articles or books by other personal trainers and people who are in uh, fat loss, like coaching or um, um, studying, they also recommend drinking coffee. Um, to lose more fat, to get leaner, and to decrease your appetite, when, especially when it comes to uh, prep for a competition, when you really need, need to get um, lean, um, stink, also mentally sharp. So drink coffee for that. Um, and the last news for today that I also think is going to be really useful for you is about um, food waste and food labels. So, um, give me a second here. The USDA estimates that 133 billion pounds of food is wasted in the US annually. By the way, guys, I read somewhere that we waste the same amount of food um, is, as the amount of food that can feed like the whole country of China. So, I don't know if it's true, but I, I am sure we waste a lot of food. So the USDA estimates that 133 billion pounds of food is wasted in the US annually, it just US, translating into more than 161 billion worth of food thrown away each year. And the FDA estimates that 20% of consumer food waste, of our basically food waste, uh, stems from confusion over date lab labeling. So, uh, guys, how many times did you throw away, uh, you threw away food because you thought it was bad because of the, um, uh, some sort of label that says, you know, this is the date that food is good until, and then, um, and then who knows what happens, <laughs> right? So I actually, sometimes when I buy food, um, I feel like um, I got to, eat it sooner because it might go bad, even though some foods like, uh, you know, I like canned seafoods um, very often, um, good quality canned seafood. And so if there is a um, eat um, before, you know, date, uh, then I try to eat it before that date. But I have no idea if it's really uh, meaningful, that date. And uh, till recently and still now, uh, there is a lot of confusion about what those dates mean, like use by or best by. Uh, and now they're trying to bring more um, clarity into that. FDA is trying to bring more clarity and make all the food manufacturers, uh, manufacturers at least in US, to have um, the same dates that actually mean something. So the uh, rule for now, at least, Use by applies to perishable products that should be consumed by the date on the package and discarded after that date. And best if used by, used to 
indicate to the consumer that after a specified date, the product may not taste or perform as expected, but is safe to be used or consumed. So again, best if used by means that the quality of the product is good till that date and it can be guaranteed till that date. And used by <clears throat> means that the food might not be safe after that date but that not might be not safe um, after this date is also not really scientifically based so it's like uh, the best estimation of the industry and a lot of times it's not even used uh, in the sense of like food when the food goes bad and becomes dangerous to your health it actually a lot of times based on the industry's desire to sell more of their products. So for example, if um, dairy industry creates these products and they put a certain date on it, so the retailers or shops where we buy our dairy uh, will want to sell it sooner and then they will have to buy more from the same producer because it's not legal to sell after this day. Uh, and so uh, dairy producers, uh, they by putting a certain date on their product, they make the um, supply, they make retailers or shops to buy more produce from them and sooner, and to sell the produce faster. So again, it's um, not this date used by is also not really an indication in a lot of uh, cases of safety of the food, but more like industry's practice. But for now, just be aware what best if used by means and used by means to make better choices. And then uh, if you're not sure if the food is really bad, smell it. You know, like when the milk is bad, it smells sour. It's not, it doesn't smell like a good milk. If uh, if you take a piece of meat, uh, if it looks kind of bad and smells kind of bad, then it's bad. And if it looks and smells totally fine, then probably it is totally fine. Even though I personally prefer to get the freshest produce, the freshest foods, uh, not so much because it can be unsafe, but because there is more nutrition, the fresher your food is. And the less fresh your food is, then there is less nutrition when it applies because, you know, pasteurized milk, for example, it's heated. And so most of the nutrition, I mean, it's killed anyway. So there is no further harm can be, do, can be done to that. Um, but it still goes bad because bacteria still accumulates after pasteurization. Um, but nothing really happens to the nutrition profile of that milk anymore. And that's it for today, guys. So to recap this episode, um, start washing your carbohydrates because science confirms uh, it's a good practice if you're interested in healthy eating, in healthy living, in uh, great energy levels, preventing diseases, and having good, productive, long life and great energy levels and not accumulating fats or insulin or getting heart disease or cancer. So start watching your uh, carbohydrates, guys, and consider trying high-fat diet because fats are essential for life and healthy, and we need them to thrive and be healthy, whereas carbohydrates there are no essential carbohydrates. Just think about that for today. And then we also talked about where we accumulate um, where 
our cells, fat cells grow and where we get more fat cells and why belly fat is actually the easiest one to get rid and you can actually target it with your lifestyle and nutrition choices. We also talked about coffee and how it can help uh, you to be less hungry to um, and to burn more of your own fat to support your body's temperatures and to create more, to stimulate more brown fat. And uh, make sure that you don't throw away food that is totally good contributing to food waste. You know, there are more and more people on the planet. We, we should learn how to use our food, not waste it. So thank you for listening, guys. Hope you found this interesting. So all this information from the articles that um, I read you from the podcast also, um, you can find all the links that I talked about in the show notes. So check them out. A lot of them are very interesting and I don't usually include all the information that you can find in those articles. There are going to be more articles in the show notes. So check them out. Uh, Be curious. And if you ever have have any questions or need some advice on your um, healthy eating, healthy living, um, fat loss, weight loss journey, always feel free to reach out. And guys, don't forget to check out um, my food school. The launch of the classes is July 1st, so on Monday, uh, but I'm already signing up people and you can get a discount if you sign up before the official launch. You can get all the you can get the discount for all the courses. You're going to have a lot of teachers, a lot of courses. And if there is anything you want to master about your food and nutrition, you can be sure that you're going to master it there with the best teachers and the best teaching approaches with other learner learners just like you who also want to be on top of their nutrition game, to be on top of their productive super awesome (laughs) and nutritious alive. So thank you guys for tuning in. Check out the show notes. And as usual, till next time, eat better daily.